0: This morning's passage is Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, as uh, Carolyn said, Happy New Year. Glad that you are uh, worshiping with us today. For those of you uh, joining us online, uh, we don't blame you. Um, it's pretty pretty cold out there, pretty icy. Um, and for those of you here, you made it. Good for you. Uh, glad that you uh, took the effort to do that. You know, these mornings, we're always like, I wonder who's going to come to church today. So it's a delight to be able to worship uh, with each of you uh, as well, online and also in person. Let me, let me pray for us, and we'll, we'll jump into this time together. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that you have called us to this space that you've given us your word, your spirit, and your family, um, your presence here among us. And God, as we enter into this new year and all that is in store, uh, the things that we anticipate, the things that we fear, the things that are just completely unknown, God, we give all of that to you and we trust you because you have been faithful. And we know that no matter what, you will continue to be faithful to us as your people. Help us to, to know that today, to feel that deep within our bones, to have hope in you and to be the people that you've called us to be in all things, at all times. For your glory, we pray. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I am pretty ready for a new year. It's like, I was, I was like, I said that last year, you know, I was like, oh, thank, thank God 2021 is, or 2020 is over now, 2021, like, I, and I keep thinking like, okay, 2022, like it's got to be better. Right, I mean, right. It's like again, I said that last year. So, so who knows? But like, even just think back these last these last two years. Like, could you have ever imagined? But just think about how much change our world has experienced in the last two years. Right, since the the ball came crashing down in 2020, felt more like a, a wrecking ball, hasn't it? It's felt like it. I mean, could you ever imagine? So much changed how we shop, how we work, how we travel, how we learn, how we, how we do church, right? Uh, we figured out how to do science experiments in our own nostrils, right? As we do home tests with one another, we've, we've developed new phrases like mask up or get boosted, right? Our entire new vocabulary, like, yeah, certainly COVID, but vax, anti-vax, uh, you think about uh, synchronous, asynchronous, you know, all these kinds of things that we've added into our vocabulary, uh, variants, although in our house, I'm not sure if we're talking about like uh, Loki, you know, the Marvel show or COVID, either way, uh, or even, even like, you know, alpha, beta, gamma, delta, Omicron. It's been great for review for all the Greek that I learned in seminary, right? So much change. And we've become more divided as a people than certainly ever in my lifetime. And so we've had to learn about critical race theory and OSHA mandates and the aftermath of, of the Capitol riot. Some of, us, some of us have seen investments increase while our grocery bill has skyrocketed, right? We see people begging on the corner and yet there are places that can't get enough people to work. Like so much change in such a short period of time. And of course, we can add to it the own our own experience of change right here at the the Shawnee campus, right? It's been so hard, and for many of us, we're, we continue to, to to grieve. And I mean, this much change is it's disorienting, isn't it? It can be overwhelming. And maybe maybe as you've experienced all of this over these last couple of years, you've you've wondered like what what are we doing? Like, what is the church good for in the midst of all of this? in a world that's changed so much. Or maybe, maybe you've listened to the, the rise and fall of, of Mars Hill, right? Or you're aware of other scandals in churches throughout history and even, even recently in, in various churches across our world. Or maybe you, you've wrestled with the way American Christianity has become so politicized. We've got a new brand of progressive Christianity at one extreme and a form of Christian nationalism on the other. It's disorienting. And the amount of change is overwhelming. And yet, not, not everything has changed. Not the most important things. In fact, in the midst of our ever-changing world, it is the most important things that do not change. And in Matthew 28, Jesus reminds us of this important truth. And even as we sort of locate ourselves in the context of of Matthew 28, I mean, think about the the level of disorientation that this must have been for the disciples. Because this is at the end of the Gospels, right? And so Jesus, who they thought was going to overthrow the Romans and, and set up his kingdom right then and there, instead they watched as he's crucified as a criminal, and then, like three days later, he's alive again, right? And they, they have no precedent for this. There's, there's never been anything quite like this. They, they've experienced this. They, they, they've seen him in this. And now, he's preparing them for his departure, right? Think about that level of change. And it's as the risen Jesus speaks with them, kind of this this final time with them. He tells them what we're supposed to be about. He tells them what we, the church, his followers, what we're supposed to be and do. No matter no matter what our context, no matter how much change we experience in good times and in bad times. No matter what, he gives his mission to his people. And friends, I I need this reminder. The mission of Jesus is unchanging, even in our ever-changing world. The mission of Jesus, what he's called us to do, is unchanging, even in our ever-changing world. If you haven't already, turn to Matthew 28. The words will be on the screen as well. Uh, With us, and maybe if you're like a little confused, like wait, Matthew, how do we get here? Let me let me kind of explain a little bit. So the other campuses uh, preached this back in November uh, when we had a special guest. So in between James and Advent, we did this. uh, Other places we had Dr. Powell here with us. If you remember that uh, a month or so ago, a month and a half ago, today at all the rest of the campuses, everyone else is starting a new series in the Gospel of John. We're going to start that next week. And then we'll be one week behind in the Gospel of John until Easter which most of us will forget about and doesn't even really matter. Um, the reason we're doing that is that it makes it easier to, to ask another preacher from another campus to come and share some of the preaching here uh, periodically. So we, we'll be doing that until until Easter. Um, the only real impact that we'll feel is if you're following along like in the Formed, formed Life, if you get those emails or you have the journal for that, uh, we'll just be one week behind. So it shouldn't be too complicated, um, but that's that's kind of how we're moving forward here. So we'll be in the Gospel of John starting next Sunday uh, through Easter. But that's why we're in Matthew today. And again, just think about how disorienting this must have been for the disciples. Let me, let me read again verse 16. Now the 11 disciples, because, you know, Judas is not, not with them anymore. Uh, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain, to watch to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And just as an aside, like, I love this verse. I, I love that Matthew tells us that because it's like, uh, it, gives, it just gives me so, so much hope. Like like many of us, I've always, I've always been a doubter. I've always wrestled with faith. I mean, faith is hard, right? Especially in our culture. It's like, it, it is hard to keep believing these things. And yet it encourages me that even with the first disciples and they're seeing this, like they're seeing dead Jesus alive. But even they, some, doubted, right? And yet even so, Jesus comes to them. I don't know, I don't know about you, but that just that encourages me, right? And in these next verses then, we, we find what many have called the Great Commission. Like Jesus sort of commissioning his people, giving us our mission. And here at Christ Community, we've, we've had a, a mission statement from, from the beginning, based on these words and other, other parts of Scripture, that at Christ Community, we desire to be a caring family of multiplying disciples, influencing our community and world for Jesus Christ. And as we look at these these words of Jesus in Matthew, as we look at the source of that statement, right, that drives us, the first thing we see is this Who's in charge hasn't changed. So much much has changed since Jesus first spoke these words. I mean, think about the differences in the world in 2,000 years, right? And so much has changed in our own world, even in the last months. Who's in charge hasn't changed. Because what Jesus says in verse 18, listen to this. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Like what, what Jesus is saying there, he's like, he's declaring himself to be the king, right? And I think, I think we forget this sometimes because we, we know that Jesus came to save us. Like right? I, think, I think we all would, would say, yeah, that's, that's why he came. And I think we'd even say like, and he came to, to rule our hearts. Yeah, Absolutely, he did. But we kind of we keep it there, kind of an individualized, a very a personal experience. And again, not minimizing those things, but Jesus came to be king of everything, everywhere, all the time, like to be king of planet Earth, like to rule over all. And obviously right now those, those kingdoms are in conflict, right? The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, the kingdoms of this world and his eternal kingdom like this hasn't yet all been settled and our world will be in great turmoil until it is but this has been settled once and for all forever if you are a follower of Jesus he's your king he has all authority over everything in your life and in mine if you follow him and i know it's it's easy maybe maybe you've said well you know i like i like certain things about what jesus taught but I don't, I don't really like what he taught about sexuality or about money or about loving your enemies, right? Or about welcoming and caring for outsiders. Like, let's, let's kind of push those things aside. But the reality is if he's king, if he has all authority, it doesn't really matter what we like, right? Like if he rose from the dead, like if he truly did that, he has all authority and he is our king. And so we don't have to like what he said, but we do have to submit to him, right? And so even, even as we join together, right, as a, as a church family, like there are so many things that could divide us. I mean, there's, there's just no end to the list these days, right? Opinions about politics or about public health, right? Whether, whether you're a boomer or a Gen, Gen X, millennial, Gen Z, right, black or white, Asian descent or Latino, born here or an immigrant, married, single kids, no kids, K-State, KU, Mizzou, right? Whether you lean to the right or the left. Like all these different things. The reality is we have one king. That's it. One king. His name is Jesus. And everything else, yes, these things matter. It's not that these things are irrelevant to us. But compared to him, they're just not worth dividing over. So even just think about the differences in this room, and there's not even that many of us in here today, right? Like, but even here, like, think about the differences of opinion—real differences, no uh, different different issues that we're passionate about, different struggles, different questions, opinions, passions, gifts, weaknesses, sins. But there is one Lord in here, and He's in charge. And Jesus, Jesus reminds us by this statement, all authority has been given to me. He, he's reminding us that what, what, what never changes, right? And what always grounds us no matter what is not who we are or who we think we are, right? But whose we are. Who we belong to and we belong to this king. And so Christ's community, remember, we do not belong to the chaos of our world. Uh, we, don't, we don't belong to an ideology, we don't belong to a human authority. We don't even belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to King Jesus. And we gather each week both to remind ourselves of this fact, that, that our authority is him, that our allegiance ultimately is to him. We, we remind ourselves, but we also celebrate it, don't we? That's why we sing this faithfulness. Like we're, I'm so glad that he's in charge, right? that he has all authority. And with all that's changed in our world, with all that could potentially divide us or destroy us, aren't you glad that who's in charge hasn't changed? So a- ask yourself, all the turmoil and confusion, or maybe even just the anticipation of what this new year has in store, ask yourself, who is my king? Who has all authority in my life? Second, who we're for? hasn't changed. Who we're for. Like, like as a church, the, the people that we exist for hasn't changed. It's been said that the church is the only institution that it exists more for its non-members than for its members. Because every every other group exists primarily for its constituents, right? It's, it's for the people who are who are in the in club and what we sort of get out of it. But for those for the church, it's different. Like, yes, we exist to care for the people who are a part of this church family. Absolutely we do. But we also exist for those who aren't here yet. That Jesus tells us our job as his people is to make disciples. Verse, verse 19, right? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This, this is why in just a couple weeks, we are dedicating 90 days uh, of 2022 to, to prayer. Um, that we want everyone, we mentioned this a little while ago, and we'll keep talking about it here, but we want everybody, everybody, to choose nine specific people in your, in your life. So a family member, or a friend, a neighbor, a colleague, you know, classmate, somebody, somebody in your life, nine people, to pray that they would come to know Jesus pretty simple, right? And starting, starting on Sunday, January 16th, we're going to commit to pray for these nine people for 90 seconds a day, for 90 days. 90 seconds total, so like 10 seconds a person, okay? So we're not, we're not asking for a ton of time, but just frankly, even just as a reminder of our responsibility in making disciples and helping others know and receive the love of Jesus, because all of us are called into this, this mission as his people. To make disciples. Of of all nations, Jesus says. Now that word, that word nations is the, the Greek word ethnos. It's where we get our word ethnic or ethnicity, right? In the Bible, it typically refers to outsiders, so it typically refers to non-Jewish. People. That's how the original audience would have, would have heard this. So people who are not Jewish, because the, the Jewish people, they, they would have assumed that they're sort of included in, in this, right? As part of, you know, Jesus was, was Jewish, came, came out, of, out of that tradition. Saying that now, now non-Jewish people are also welcomed into this. It's always been God's heart through the Old Testament to open the doors. But that's, that's essentially what it means. It's, it's not just for Jewish people, it's for, for all people. And we have to like, stop and I have to remind myself, we have to remind ourselves, Like that's, that's most of us, right? Most of us are, are non-Jewish. This, this means that somebody, a real person in history, actually obeyed Jesus' command and told your ancestors about him. And because of their, their faithfulness, their obedience and this, this cross-cultural mission, the faithfulness of others in your life and mine, we know Jesus, isn't that amazing? Like somebody obeyed. And as a result, we've been welcomed in to this family. And how part of following Jesus is to extend that same welcome to others. To all people, all nations, every language and heritage and ethnicity. It's for all people. This is why, as a church, we want to grow in diversity. It's why we want to pursue biblical justice together. Not because it's, I don't know, like it's the hip thing to do, right? Not for optics or for tokenism. Not because we've been sucked in by some progressive ideology. We're not after diversity for diversity's sake, but because it's rooted in like Jesus' parting words to his people. That he wants a community made up of all people's all nations we who were outsiders have been welcomed in and part of our responsibility now is to is to welcome others in right to invite others into that space to experience god's love and this is, an, this is another one of those places right where as as a community we could easily divide right because it's become so politicized even even talking about this right makes some of us uncomfortable right because you, 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 we, we go down the path of, you know, immigration debates or, you know, overcoming our nation's uh, history of racism. And many of us, we, we hear this conversation first through a political lens. You know, sort of wondering where, where we land politically. But the reality is, you got to go back to that first point. It's not about a political ideology. It's about who's in charge. It's about who's, who's our king and what kind of kingdom does this king want? And how do we as his subjects live into that and begin to to make that a reality even now as we anticipate his return? Jesus is our king, not a political party. And yes, certainly these things matter from a political perspective. Don't want to minimize that. But what matters more is that we are passionately committed to making disciples of all people. This is also why it's, it's just fun as a church that we have five campuses, right? And maybe, maybe more one day. It's, it's because we, we want to make disciples. We believe that planting churches is one of the most effective ways to do that, and it allows us to be in five unique places across Kansas City, right, to, with unique people, right, to make disciples, to be a community of, of people reaching all kinds of people all over our city. And with that as well, through our five campuses, we have 15 uh, ministry partners in Kansas City, right? Who are are doing this kind of work of of serving the poor, the single mom, the the foster child, the immigrant, the refugee, the unborn, the under-resourced, the unemployed, seeking to make disciples. And that we also have five global partnerships who do the same kind of work across the world, right? Trying to, to make disciples, planting churches, caring for the vulnerable from every tongue, tribe, and nation because a lot has changed in our world who we're for hasn't changed because we want all people to know and love Jesus and so as we embrace whatever God has in store for us in 2022 and we don't know what that is right but whatever it is like can we ask ourselves who who am i for like who, who am i who am i trying to serve myself right people who are like me my family Or like Jesus, am I willing to give myself away my own preferences, my own hopes? Who will I be for this year? And then third, how we follow hasn't changed. Who's in charge, who we're for, and how we follow hasn't changed. Because Jesus, in many ways, he tells us at least a little glimpse of what he wants from us. He wants our whole selves right? He doesn't want an hour on Sunday. He doesn't want, you know, maybe a a 10-minute quiet time during the week. Like, he wants everything, all of us, all the time. We follow with our our whole lives. Look again at verse, verse 19. It says, "'Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age.'" You know, sometimes I think when we imagine following Jesus, either we, yeah, we put it in a certain category of like, well, I'll give him my, you know, my one hour on Sunday or maybe two or, you know, a few other activities throughout the week. Or we go to some other sort of extreme of, well, if I'm going to do, I'm going I'm to follow Jesus then I'm going to have to move to some foreign country, right? Or move, move to the inner city, right? Sell all that I have and become a monk or something like that. And sometimes God does call us, right, to those kinds of things. And yet for most of us, we follow Jesus while living our very ordinary lives in very ordinary ways, and yet with our whole selves brought to the table before him. And when we do that with Jesus, then nothing is ordinary. Even, even his command here to go, go therefore and make disciples. Again, we think of a missions trip, right? Or, you know, I've got to uproot my family or something like that. And God may call you to that. And if he does, you better go, right? But the tense the tense of this verb here is more like as you go, like I, as you go, like wherever you go, make disciples, like whatever whatever you do, wherever life takes you, because you're bringing your whole life, your whole self into those places. You're not separating. This is this is kind of the spiritual part of me. This is the the Jesusy part of me, and you know everything else. fits But no, we bring all of us everywhere, and as we go, wherever we go, we make disciples. This is why as a church, we often use the phrase church for Monday. Maybe you've heard us say that. Like we want to be a church for, for all of life, not just a, a particular part of life. Or we will often in the service with something like, as we go from being the church gathered in this place to the church scattered in all the places that God has called you. It's because, you see, our job as pastors, as church leaders, is not just to equip you on Sundays, like to follow Jesus on Sundays, or for, you know, your quiet time during the week. Like it's not to minimize those things, but that, that's the easy stuff, right? It's like we can all be Christians in this room in some ways where it's really hard is at the office or at school, right? When you feel the pressures of, of people around you, it's, it's hard at home when, when no one's watching, right? Those other things, those tend to be the, like our job as we follow King Jesus together is to help all of us as we go, wherever God has put you, to be his ambassadors there. To love your neighbor and to obey Jesus there with your with your whole self. Because again, don't miss what Jesus says, right? Make disciples, teaching them to observe, to obey. But Jesus, that's what he expects of us. It's people who does what he says, right? Who, if the king says it, we do it, right? Because he's our king. He says to make disciples. He doesn't say, you know, make converts or attract a crowd or have a big church. He says, make disciples who obey me. In other words, the the mission of the local church is not to attract attenders. That's a a tempting thing for churches, right? That's not our mission, to attract attenders, but rather to activate apprentices. And that's a lot of A's. Kind of like it. It's not to attract attenders, but to activate, to empower apprentices, disciples, right? To, to go and be and do who God has called us to be. People who actually obey Jesus and will do that together. Who, who will then go out into our ordinary worlds with our whole selves. Loving Jesus and loving our neighbors. So the question for us is, will we, will we follow him? Will we be who he's called us to be with our whole selves? as we enter into this new year. Because friends, this is this is what our world needs. Like more than anything else. Like there's a lot that our world needs, but this, this is at the top of the list, more than anything else. Like, and this is who he has called us to be in our ever-changing world. So much has changed. And who knows what changes are still in store for us in 2022. It can be overwhelming, it can be disorienting, but these things haven't changed. Who's in charge who we're for, and how we follow. And most importantly, I want to end with this. Who is with us hasn't changed. This is the most important thing I think Jesus says. All of it matters, right? All of it gives us what we're called to be and do, but without this last piece, we we couldn't possibly accomplish anything. And yet Jesus ends his words, and the Gospel of Matthew ends with this incredible promise. Jesus says, and behold, I am with you to the end of the age. I think about what those words must have meant to his disciples. Those early disciples, after experiencing all that they've experienced, right? knowing that he's leaving and yet for him to say that to them and what it means to us, knowing that he died for us, he rose again for us. And as we say every week with the Apostles' Creed, that he's seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, right? That he's up there. He's reigning as king even now, as king over us. And yet even so, still, he promises to be with us through his spirit, through his word, and through his people. For we, we are his body, right? Even now. And so that no matter what we face this new year, no matter, no matter what you experience, the good and the bad, he is with you. And if you're anything like me, you know, entering a new year, I feel a mixture of two primary emotions. One, in the sense, it's like relief, like oh, thank God that's over, um, like uh, kind of a hopefulness that something something better is going to come. But I also feel at the same time like this anxiety, like but what if it's not better? Like what if it's worse? What if what if things are harder? I'm, again, maybe I'm a bit of a pessimist, but I I feel I feel that tension within me. And yet, when I go back to Jesus' words and remind myself, okay, but but who's my king? Okay, he's got this. Like I don't. I don't have to try to control my reality, right? To, to carve out my own existence without him. He is, he is king and he is building a kingdom for us. For all peoples. And he invites us into it with, his, with our whole selves, right? And he invites us to invite others. This, this is the church. This is our mission. This is who we are. This is our lives. This is, this is what our king has called us to be. And he is with us. That's the most important part. And no matter what we face, good times and bad, no matter how exciting this year is, no matter how difficult it is, if he is with us, there can be great joy. Amen? Let's pray. King Jesus, oh, we are so grateful that you are our king. I pray that you you would hold the primary allegiance in each of our our lives, not just on Sunday mornings, but in everything that we do, everywhere we go, that with our whole selves, we would submit to you out of reverence and out of joy for our own good, and that as we do so, Lord Jesus, that we would see others invited into this life to join us, to meet you, to know you. Would you use us in such a way, God? I pray that you would help us to believe that we Uh, that you can use us to have this kind of impact in the lives of others, individually and collectively. God, even now, I'm sure all of us can think of people in our lives who we love dearly who don't know you. We pray that you would draw them to yourself and use us and remind us always in all things that you are with us, that you will never leave us no matter no matter what we experience God, that you that your presence through your spirit through your word and your people is unchanging and so we hold on to that lord jesus and we say we love you and we thank you in jesus name amen